and that's where all the information will be. So if you are interested in that, keep your eye bells open. Eye bells. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn it. Keep your eye bells open. Keep your eye bells open. <laughs> I feel like maybe I'm just too depleted for this. <laughs> we did a lot of push-ups earlier. Yes. Hi, we're Kara and Jill, two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that is rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it. Hello and welcome to the Push Podcast. This is season two, episode eight. I didn't even have to look it up. Wow. You know what's so funny? Every time that you do that, I always am like, I almost wish that we just kept going on the numbers and not seasons so that we'd know like when it's our hundredth episode and we could like have a big party. Just like, ah, just like, yes. don't do this to me. Wait, no, we could, we, we could, do- <laughs> I mean, we could just add them all up and also find out when our hundredth episode is. I am not good at mathing. No. <laughs> Wait, so you've seen me load a bar? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I have. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> so I've, I've done the same thing. I've offloaded people's bars. There's one person in particular who will never let me forget it. And it happened like three years ago. And I'm like, but you did really well, right? You made it look like it was not uneven. That's right. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what's going on, Cara? Well, so you gave your presentation yesterday. Yes. So I graduated as um, in the first cohort of fitness for all bodies, deconstructing the fitness industry. Um, If you're a fitness professional listening to this, I highly recommend you doing this course. Um, I just think that this is this part, this company really acts like a community, mm-hmm. but it is going to change the fitness industry that there are so many things like there have been so many years that Jill and I have kind of felt like we're like yelling into this black hole. And it's so hard to find your people because so many fitness people are so bought in to the, the, the shit, you know, the, like these, these fitness ideals that are ableist and healthist and not very inclusive. And Mm -hmm. when you are not a company that wants to do that anymore, it's really hard to find your people. And gosh, like I've never felt so supportive. And the way that justice um, teaches these courses is from a place of absolute love. 
And that has not been the case before. Jill and I have done courses before where there was in the course, a lot of shame and guilt. And I'll tell you, I get it because these courses, I mean, this stuff is hard to learn and there's, there are still really uncomfortable conversations to be had and everyone sort of has a different approach. And that being said, everyone learns differently, but, um, this just really worked for me. Like the way that he approaches it is like, we're not going to get anywhere if we don't just submit to our love and put it out in the world and agree that we are all here to do better. And if we trust that intent that we can really get some shit done. Mm, That's beautiful. So there was a good balance in there. There was a woman yesterday who was sharing that she really struggles with what to do with her anger. And the way that justice approached it was like, your anger is useful and it is coming from a place of love. And like, we see you. And I was just like, like, just like, I don't have that anger. I have a lot of guilt and shame about my privilege, Mm -hmm. but to witness him sort of just allowing her those feelings that she was feeling guilt and shame about, like, it was just, it was just beautiful. So I, I don't know. I know I'm feeling really emotional about it because we just ended and it was like one of those things, like, I feel like, you know, like when you were a kid and you went to summer camp yes. and you had to like say goodbye <laughs> to all your new best friends and you're like, well, all right. And then you never did. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I'll actually write. We're all going to be in Slack together. So I'm hoping that we'll still yes. uh, keep in contact, but um, we don't have to rely on snail mail anymore. Right. And trying to <laughs> check the mail before your parents right. in case you get a letter from that boy from camp. Right. How was camp? Fine. Fine. You mean any new friends? Yeah. Yeah. Her name's Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not Neil. <laughs> I definitely did not kiss him behind the snack pack. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Send your kids to Christian camp. <laughs> That's what they'll do. Don't do it. <laughs> My mom's listening. It's like, oh, God. My parents don't listen to this. No, neither do mine. <laughs> My mom would probably be scandalized. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> she, she would. I, <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah, how about you? Oh, yeah. So, this last week, I started working an extra day at our gym. Yes. And that's been really fun because I have gotten to start working with people again that I haven't seen in a long time. I've gotten to get to know some members that I haven't worked with very often or at all um, in the past year or so. So that's been kind of fun to like Mm -hmm. get to know new people and get to see my old people. And um, it's just, it's kind of fun. It's just like, welcome back home kind of feeling. And you know, I, I, the evenings are fine, but it's just not the same. Like when I'm, you know, car is not upstairs or coming in and out or it's just not the same. Yeah. I think eventually hope, like hopefully that we'll get back to a place where we can both be working at the same time. Cause I feel like that's just sort of where the magic happens in, in our gym and between the two of us, like we have such a great dynamic together Mm -hmm. and it'll be fun to do that more and more. I just, I think that people, our members have more fun when we're together, mm-hmm. but that also could just be me having more fun. Yeah, we just have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, it may 
might not actually be the case for our members. <laughs> we're like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna have a small business where we have to pay this shitload of taxes and do a bunch of work that we never imagined we'd have to do, and all this stuff, we might as well be having a blast, right? <laughs> it, it, it's so much more fun when we're together. So. Even though, even though Cara wasn't up, upstairs with me the whole time, she still was, she, we did a workout together when we uh-huh. had a client who had to cancel due to a family thing. And so it was, it's, it was really nice. And I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to having that extra day here. And yeah. Yeah. Me so. too. I like having you here. Yeah. So, well, and today's Mother's Day. Yes. Today is Mother's Day. Today's Mother's Day. So we're celebrating by having a workout we kicked our own asses. I'll oh, tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> it was that was rough. It was quite the workout. Um, it was really fun. Um, and then we're recording this podcast. Yep, always fun. Yes. And then we are gonna hook up a pinata in the gym and uh, take a whack at it. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. Yeah, you know, I I realized the last time that we had a pinata party, I was like, I think pinatas are our thing. Yeah. Like, I think every, like, party or holiday thing that we do, there has to be a pinata now. Because this is our, like, yeah. third one, I think, uh-huh. or fourth one. So I actually don't know what kind of pinata do we have for today. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. So okay. we had a pumpkin. Not a pinata of our mother's. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that would be terrible. That would be so bad. Just working out some mommy issues. <laughs> we, so, so we've had, yeah, we've had a pumpkin, uh-huh. a dinosaur, yes, and now a, a Spider-Man. And th- this was actually a belated Cinco de Mayo yes. celebration. We were going to have like na- nacho night and pinata, and we were like, nah, we don't want to do that in the middle of the week when it's late at night because we couldn't figure out our schedules. So now late we're doing it for Mother's Day. Yeah. It was, it was 7.30 p.m. It's late. It's too late for us, Grandma. It is. I, like, anything that starts after 5, I'm like, nope, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you at 4. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to start um, teaching a community workout mm-hmm. uh, for Black Joy Oregon uh, starting next month. So yes. if you are local and you'd like to do a workout, um, they'll be from 6 till 7 p.m. Oh, wear your pajamas. <laughs> yeah, 6 to 7 p.m. in the parks. Um, we aren't going to uh, announce the locations quite yet, but what we'll do is we'll put you all into a group in Slack where we can talk, create some community there, even yes. when we're not working out. And that's where all the information will be. Yes, keep your eyeballs open. And if you don't know how to use Slack, because I don't know how to use Slack either. I I almost, almost don't know how to use Slack. And you've been using it for like how long? Two months? Three months? Yeah, six weeks. Six weeks. Sorry. (laughs) That was like way longer in my mind. Six weeks. But yeah. So if you don't know how to use Slack, neither do we. But there is somebody with Black Joy Oregon who has volunteered to teach you. So, uh, yeah, just reach out to us. We'll get you connected with her. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's going to have to teach us, too. Yes, she is. <laughs> so, yeah. So, today, we are going to be talking about treats. Mm-hmm. Chances are, if uh, you also celebrate Mother's Day, you might be partaking in some treats. Yep. And um, people have very fraught relationships with treats, <clears throat> whether or not they eat them. 
So, um, so we wanted to, just, to discuss, you know, have a little conversation. Yes, yes. In fact, this conversation was um, brought to the forefront of our minds because we had a question in a discussion uh, forum mm-hmm. about treats. Um, so do you, yeah, will you uh, tell, tell us what you read in that question, Cara? Sure. So I'll summarize this. This is not word for word, but uh, this will be the gist of it is there was a woman who went out to eat with her husband and got a piece of cheesecake. And this cheesecake was more calories than she had allotted herself for that day. So then she was looking into the next day and was like, well, I have a party to go to the next day. So to make up for eating the cheesecake, I won't be able to eat at the party and I'll only be able to have one cocktail. Mm-hmm. And also she's like bargaining out yeah. like what she'll be able to do. And she was so mad at herself and so frustrated because she had, she was going to ruin the rest of her weekend because of this cheesecake in order to sort of make the calories add up to what she had wanted to consume. Yeah. And so uh-huh. first of all, I would like to just extend a lot of grace to this woman. Yes. Um, I know what it's like to live just entrenched in diet culture and how stressful it is Mm -hmm. and how hard it is to be in the place that she is right now. So while we break this down, I don't want any of us to lose track of that, that, that this shit is hard Mm -hmm. and it is not your fault. If you find yourself in this kind of situation where you're, you're struggling and you're trying to make things add up because this is what you decided Mm -hmm. and you're trying to stick to a plan and things like that. Absolutely. And, and also know that it's coming from a place of, love, compassion, grace, and a place of our own lived experiences. We have both struggled um, in this area. So, but yeah, so first off, cheesecake, that was a great choice. I love cheesecake. <laughs> See, I don't. <laughs> oh my God. I could take it or leave it. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> oh well, I think this is when we end the business. Right? <laughs> That's the last straw. That was it. <laughs> but, but yeah, so there's a couple of things that come up for me in thinking about this woman's um, conundrum that she found herself in. One is the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that um, this system that she has set up for herself um, assigns points and morality to that cheesecake. So now she's outside of her assigned range and she feels like crap because she quote unquote broke the rules and can't have any more fun for the weekend. Um, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. There's <laughs> assigning morality to food is definitely one sign that you are just knee deep in diet culture, actually neck deep in diet culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come to think of it. Right. Yeah. Like what we tend to, think of food as good or bad. And this is like food just kind of is. Um, And as when we start doing that, it is a sign that we are struggling 
with disordered eating. They're yeah. inanimate objects. <laughs> right. If you think about like, think about, okay, let's say that one of our rogue boxes was out in the middle of the floor and we walk right into it. And then we're like, that's a bad box. <laughs> right? It's, just, it's, it's the box. like Right. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. So this cheesecake isn't good or bad. And this woman isn't good or bad for eating it. No. It just is. And, you know, when, when I see someone who is kind of bargaining with food on top of creating this, this morality around it, I am almost positive that this person is struggling with disordered eating. Yes. I cannot diagnose that myself, but that is one of the things that I think about. And when, um, when a lot of times we don't recognize disordered eating for what it is, especially if someone is in a straight sized body or even a larger body, because we assume that disordered eating only looks like the emaciated skeletons, right? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and really most people who have disordered eating do live in larger bodies. And when they, when they perform these behaviors that if someone was in an emaciated body, we would be admitting them to a hospital, right? These same behaviors are celebrated by people who live in straight sized bodies and larger bodies. So, Mm -hmm. so a lot of dieting behavior itself is actually disordered eating that is being celebrated because someone is in a larger body. Right. And and it is incredibly dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there's not, there's not a body type for disordered eating. Right. And it's, it's so interesting. Like how you, when you said that, when we see somebody who basically looks very skeletal, then we're like, oh, we need to, you know, get on top of this and get them some treatment and some help. But if somebody looks like you or me, and you're posting on Facebook, let's say like, oh, I, you know, stayed within this many calories today. Everybody's like, good job. Keep it up. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. Um, when really like, we don't know the relationship that they have with their diet and with food. And we don't know the relationship that they have with their body. We don't know mm-hmm. if they're binging or restricting or like, we don't know mm-hmm. how they're, we, it's, it's, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and, and really what this woman seems to be doing is a binge restrict. Yes. So she had the cheesecake. Um, it appears that she ate the entire slice, which as someone who doesn't like cheesecake, it's hard to imagine doing that. <laughs> I can, I can all eat yours. <laughs> and so, um, but then she's like, well, I'm not going to eat at this party because I want to have a cocktail. And so she's like, she's sort of bargaining yeah. and, and restricting instead of just sort of like, I ate that and I moved on. And if someone is practicing intuitive eating, what this, what this situation would look like perhaps is I ate the cheesecake until it didn't taste good anymore. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I ate the whole piece and I determined whether or not I felt good or bad the next day. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes you're like, mm, I actually didn't feel that good. Maybe got a little constipated from the cheesesteak. <laughs> you're welcome. I did not get constipated from cheesecake. <laughs> She's like, just for the record. FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but but maybe like like it didn't feel good in your body for right. any reason like uh, and then you're like you note it and you're like now I know going forward that when when I choose to eat cheesecake I may feel like that or I may decide to avoid cheesecake because I feel like that or have less yes or I will eat half of a piece of cheesecake because I do like the way it tastes but I don't want to put, you know, like you, 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 you are the only one who can really decide what's going to feel good for you. And even if you decide to do something that, you know, you're not going to feel good later, that's still your choice and you're right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, and then you move on. Yep. And you, then you fuel your body the next day with foods that you enjoy and feel good in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a process learning that, and, but you know, as kids, we just know that instinctually, right? right. Like mm-hmm. when we were kids, we would just eat, like you, you couldn't like, even if it's a delicious food, once your kids are full, like they're done, they're right? Done. Like, yep. like my kids, even if they're eating ice cream, like I could not force them to eat another bite once they decide they're full. Like that's just it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's sort of what we're trying to recapture with intuitive eating. And yes, so that's kind of what I would hope for everyone. If they were in a situation like this and they ate something they regretted and then learned how to move on. Yes. Oh, delivery. Oh, I got a coffee delivery. Thank you. Do you need more? Uh, No, I still have some. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I like it here. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, but let's talk about other ways that people sort of bargain with treats. So I can think of one right off the top uh-huh. of my head. Get it, Jill. Get it. Exercising to work off the food that you ate using exercise as punishment. Like I personally, I did this for a long time. I remember it being the holiday season and um, there were a lot of family gatherings and lots of treats and lots of food. And I remember specifically, I think it was like a Christmas party or something that I had gone to and I had all these, I had whatever I wanted basically. (laughs) Right. And then um, I got home and I felt guilty for eating quote unquote too much. And then I decided to, um, redeem myself by doing a 60 minute cardio workout at 10 o'clock at night. Whew. Right. Girl. So that's past five for sure. That's, that's <laughs> I was not even in my pajamas for that one. Oh my God. But yeah. So using exercise as punishment and, or as a way to um, earn your food is mm-hmm. definitely another way that, that this, that how this can look. Yeah. And so many trainers do that shit. Mm-hmm. Like I just saw somebody, it was a meme that actually like took that trainer down, but there was a trainer, a trainer who was like, you know, like my client's face when I tell them that every Oreo is 1200 jumping jacks. And this guy is like, 
this is terrible advice. And if any trainer tells you you have to do 1,200 jumping jacks to eat an Oreo, should tell them to stuff it. Like double this, stuff. Double stuff it. <laughs> <laughs> In fact. <laughs> That's terrible. So, yeah, like to that like uh, so much of the fitness industry talks about this, like exercise is a way to burn off this or that. And like, I hear it a lot, even in exercise classes that the instructors will be up there to like, and say like, you know, burn off the, you know, the, the dessert you had last night or, and it's just, it's a horrible way to approach food. Mm -hmm. And it literally does not work that way. Yeah. So in your body, yep. everyone's body is different, by the way, that it is not a simple math equation where you can say this many calories came into my body. So I'm going to have this many calories go out because first of all, a lot of times like the calorie counters on not only the food that you eat, but also whatever cardio machine that's usually how you can estimate calories the best. They are not accurate. Nope. Um, and, and it depends on how well you chew your food. It depends on, um, your specific chemistry and hormones. Um, it depends on your metabolism. Uh, it depends on like your age, your, I mean, there's so, there's There's so many things like how much sleep you're getting, like. There's a wide margin of error in those numbers. Right. So yeah. your, your body is not a math equation. So no. you can't really, you can't really exercise off your food anyway, because that doesn't really work that way. Um, but it also, then it's another way to say like me having pleasure is bad. Like there are mm-hmm. so many correlations between purity culture and diet culture you know, and especially when you think about like, if you, with what you eat is good or bad, mm-hmm. um, that finding pleasure in your body is bad. And, you know, that, it, that we are taught that it's that way when we have our own like natural sexual desires, but we're mm-hmm. also taught that when it comes to food yes, and treats and mm-hmm. literally those things are natural. Like it is natural to have like sexual desires and want to feel good in your body and all of those things. It is natural to want to enjoy your food. Like we are built for those things. Yep. And so wouldn't we want to learn how to do all that stuff safely? I say yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I say yes. So um, another thing is that when I think about this woman's question is I wondered when I read it if she really liked cheesecake. Now, this could be because I don't really like cheesecake. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I <don't. laughs> but here's the thing. So the more we restrict things, the more we want them. And I have seen time and time and time again how when we restrict foods that when we we actually, when we let go of that restriction and we allow ourselves to have whatever we want, Mm -hmm. that we really find out what we like. Like my oldest son had a lot of food allergies growing up and looking back, I really wish I had handled a lot of this differently, but we restricted his diet 
a lot. He, you know, we, he was not allowed to eat anything with gluten. It was not, you know, like we just, everything, we really kind of limited his choices. And so he felt a lot of restriction growing up with that. Mm -hmm. And when we kind of let go of that, he, any chance he got to have, you know, these other foods, he would just go like crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. And now we decided we're going to keep those kind of things in the house all the time. So first of all, his allergies are not as bad anymore. He grew out of a Mm -hmm. lot of them. So I'm not feeding my child things he's allergic to, um, in case you were wondering, (laughs) but, um, instead of like, I had this idea that, you know, chips are bad, bread is bad, all of these things. And now we have bagels in the house, English muffins, bread, like we have like five different kinds of chips in the house right now. And, and I keep that much of it in there so that especially my oldest does not ever feel deprived. And sometimes we like in this process, we've actually had to throw some stuff away because it just is in there for so long. Mm-hmm. And, but what that's telling me is that he no longer feels deprived. Like yep. he feels like he can have it whenever he wants it. And then he decides whether to take it or leave it. Yes. And so he's eating foods that not only he enjoys, but he's learning what he really wants and what feels good in his body. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a really um, similar approach. I think that we could take to um, finding what works best for our bodies. Cause you think about, we talked about this a little bit in um, our last episode, but you think about that cycle of depriving and then binging. And a lot of times um, when we assign morality to food and we're trying to restrict so much, when we finally give in and have it, you just go wild with it and have all all the stuff because you have the fear of missing out. Like this is my last bite of cheesecake, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So after I, this, I got to be good. After this, I got to be good. <laughs> Tomorrow's Monday, right? And so um a lot of that uh, fear of missing out can can be um, quenched if if you just allow yourself to have what you want when you want as long as you're not allergic to it. Right. Maybe uh, you do have cheesecake every Friday and maybe you don't because you mm-hmm. know that you can always have it whenever you want. Right. And it's like it's part of the intuitive eating process. There is that part of the pendulum swing where you've restricted like or you've binged and restricted for so long that when you finally say, okay, I'm just going to have whatever I want and keep whatever I want in the house. There's a period of time where you might just eat a lot of stuff. You might not end up eating, you know, over time to to figure it out, to figure out what you really like and what you really, there are two birds. What are they doing? (laughs) Are they fighting or are they mating? Well, I assume they're mating because it looks like they went off to someplace private. <laughs> they were like, oh, let's, let's these, <laughs> these two watching this. Let's get a nest. Per- pervert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. <laughs> but yes. So it does like. The intuitive eating process, if I'm hearing you correctly, Cara, mm-hmm. like 
it really takes a lot of dismantling old thoughts and old behaviors and sort of starting from scratch with what you um, what you've ever thought or have been taught about food nutrition in your body. Am I am I hearing that right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah like you kind of have to just submit to the process and say like I'm just going to trust that this is going to turn out. And that first step can be really hard Mm -hmm. because we're so like, we are taught that we, you know, that when we let go and we just like, like follow pleasure or just follow our desires that like, we're just going to come off the rails and everything's going to be out of control. And, Mm -hmm. but really what's out of control is this, this binge restrict cycle. And I'll tell you that that is harder on your body than just eating the damn cheesecake. Mm -hmm. Like, like just allowing yourself to eat these things without the stress of like, I'm a bad person or, you know, like weight stigma and weight cycling is way more dangerous than the treats themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how would one get started with this? Like if, if, let's say that the person on this forum was like, you know what? You're right. I want to start this journey of no longer um, bowing to diet culture. What, what would be a good place to start? I'd start with keeping things in the house that you really want. Um, this whole idea of like, well, if it's not in the house, I won't eat it. <clears throat> that is not a great way to control things because even the, then when you do get your hands on it, you're going to binge. I would Still. just go get it. Right. <laughs> or go get it. Go get your zingers and eat them in the bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> I knew this was going to come up that, again. That's a real thing that she did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I but did. we do stuff like that because we get to a point where we're like, fuck it. Like, I really want a treat, but I don't want anyone to judge me for having it. Like, can like seriously, and and you are not alone. You no, are not no, the I, only no, one I'm not. who eats these kinds of things, you know, in the bathroom, secretly. in their cars. Yeah. Like, I've done that too. At night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would just say, like, keep foods available that you like would be the first thing. And then to eat when you're hungry. So a lot of times, you know, like, especially trainers will be like, oh, if you feel hungry, have a glass of water first or, you know, and it's like, you can, like, you, you could, you could pause and assess, but if you're hungry, you might just be hungry and you got to learn those signs of hunger. Some people have been denying their hunger cues for so long. They don't even know, they can't even recognize them. Right. And so, so that would be where, like, I would also recommend that if you're really struggling with this to work with a professional, there are a lot of intuitive eating counselors out there. Uh, very soon I will be one. Um, but work with somebody who really can help guide you through this because this is hard. You think about like, oh, just do whatever you want, but that should be super easy. And it is not. Mm-mm. It's like grief work. It's like death work. It's like giving up this idea of how you think that things should be or how you think your body should look and like finding what really, really works for you and like a lot of times it's not having this sized body that we all think that we should have 
-hmm. And that's a big part of it, which is why like when you see all of our posts where we are really trying to fight that, that, you know, idea that everybody should be this certain size. Right. Because most people aren't that certain, that certain size naturally anyway. And everybody's body has a weight point, like a set point that we're supposed to be at. Mm -hmm. And if we have to fight so hard to, to stay lower than, than what comes naturally, we were never meant to be that size. Isn't it interesting too, that, you know, we're always told to like celebrate your uniqueness, but not when it comes to your body that needs to look the same as everybody else's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Gosh. So just be you except skinny, except not fat. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yes, well, that's really good. That's really good advice. And we'll um, definitely like as Cara is finishing up this process, we'll make sure that the information is available to reach her and, (coughs) excuse me, reach her and book a session um, and get this journey started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, speaking of getting a journey started, we have just started our own Patreon page. Yes. And if you want more of your questions answered specifically and want help with this, you join our Patreon because each month you will have access to answers to more personalized questions. Mm-hmm. You'll have access to our podcasts early, but you'll also have access to very um, specific topics that we will only be sharing with you, um, our Patreons on that page. Yes. Yep. So check it out. It's um, www.patreon.com pushfitness. And you'll see there's three different tiers, um, all very affordable with all different benefits. So go check it out. If you love the Push Podcast, make sure that you check out the Patreon page and uh, become one of our Push patrons. Yes. So yeah, very exciting. Yes. That's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the Push Podcast, become a Push patron, (laughs) subscribe to our podcast. Uh, give us a review. The more reviews and subscriptions that we get, the more visibility that we get, and the more easily we can reach more listeners just like you. Mm-hmm. Till next time. Bye. But should I just get um, peed on? No, pee. <laughs> I felt something wet on my head. What? It's rain. Oh. <laughs> you live in the Pacific Northwest. How can you not know this? Look up with your eyeballs. <laughs> Don't make me spill my coffee. Because <laughs> I press it. <laughs> <laughs> put my head up. <laughs> I'm sorry about all the editing you're going to have to do. <laughs> I'm just apologizing now. <laughs>